0: Hello Bulls fans and welcome to another exciting episode of Sports Ethos, Chicago Bulls coverage. I am your host Keith Quirk and I am riding solo for this excellent, fantastic post-Christmas NBA Chicago Bulls victory over the Indiana Pacers. uh, 113-105 the final scores on NBA TV. I was able to watch most of it. Uh, Full disclosure, I am... About, uh, we'll say, three-fourths uh, of a sheet to the win uh, after some whiskey and, and, and some IPAs. Uh, enjoying myself with my, my in-laws uh, here on the Christmas uh, break. But I still had a chance to watch and take notes. They were gracious enough to let me use their TV to watch the game. And uh, I'm happy to recap it for you guys, man. It was an excellent win. Uh, Bulls just kind of took care of business. Uh, but, yeah, 113-105, the final score. Uh, We had Zach Levine. Oh, my gosh. So great to see Zach Levine back in the house, back in action. 32 points, uh, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, a block, and a steal. And he shot 67% from the field and 56% from beyond the arc. Uh, And you had, obviously, DeMar DeRozan, 24 points, also on 9 of 20 shooting. Uh, Vucevic, a great game, 16 points, 15 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, 70% shooting, um, just you know, all around great effort. I really, I really can't say enough. I mean, the Bulls just really kind of took charge from the start to, to the end. I uh, can't get too excited about this. I see a lot of uh, all caps updates on tw- on Twitter uh, in the Bulls Twitterverse right now. Uh, not as excited as you guys about this one. I mean, the Pacers aren't necessarily the most stable team at the moment. Um, You know, a lot of uncertainty there, especially with uh, whether or not they're going to blow it up and begin a rebuild. Miles um, Turner not happy with his, with his uh, role there. Uh, and obviously, you know, Sabonis is not necessarily uh, excited with what's going on there as well. Uh, but more so a building block for them for the future. But uh, Sabonis didn't have a great game. He had a very quiet second half. He ended with 14 points and 5 of 17 shooting. Uh, 16 rebounds he did grab, of course, 5 assists. Um, you know, uh, Miles Turner, who we were talking about before, 19 points, uh, 9 of 18 shooting. He also had 2 blocks. Uh, which is kind of his M.O. there, five rebounds. Uh, Not necessarily a a guy that grabs a lot of boards. Karis Lavert, 27 points for 9 of 22 shooting for them. So uh, those are the big three there for those guys on that side of the ball. Chris Duarte got a chance to see him, obviously. Uh, One of the rookies that's having a pretty phenomenal rookie campaign. He had 16 points on 7 of 14 shooting, 2 of 4 from beyond the arc. Um, You know, like I said, it was kind of a a game where – the Pacers didn't bring a lot of energy or a lot of resistance to begin the game. The Bulls just came out and took care of business. Um, we got a lot from our big three there in Vooch, Zach, and DeRozan. Uh, and the Pacers really couldn't couldn't combat that. Uh, obviously, I wanted to see who was starting since Lonzo Ball was uh, ruled out before the game started with the health, the health and safety protocols. End up being Kobe White, which is kind of the obvious answer. I... Don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I don't know if there's anybody on our roster, though, that would necessarily be a better starter. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a Devin Dodson, but he didn't even play at all tonight, so probably not. Uh, maybe a Troy Brown Jr. at point guard. I don't know. Maybe maybe play some Zach at point guard and, and play some I.O. Uh, aside him to the starting lineup. Might be some other options here. Obviously, we didn't even have Billy, Billy Donovan either tonight, so um, don't know how much. I, I would guess he's probably having a lot of say still. In the decisions like that, who's starting and, and what the rotations are going to look like, even though he's not necessarily there for the games and coaching the games. Uh, you know, he's still got, uh, it's, it's not him coaching the games, but he's still got a lot of say, I would imagine, for those games. Or for those decisions, I should say. So, you know, uh, you know, it's fine that Kobe started. I think that Kobe's going to be a bit of a punching bag for Bulls fans. He didn't have the best night. He hasn't had the best night ever since he came back. He shot three of ten. He had eight points. He had, uh, what, one assist? Wow, one assist and two turnovers. So not really playing a point guard role. Over 4 from behind the arc. Not really hitting down jump shots either. Uh, I just don't. He played 33 minutes, and that's a stat line, guys. I just don't think he's bringing a lot to the table. And I know everyone's gonna say trade Kobe, trade Kobe, trade Kobe. But what are you gonna trade him for when his his trade value is still pretty much at the lowest it's ever been? Uh, you might have been able to trade him at the last season when he had kind of bloated numbers from from playing so many minutes for a, a not so good team. But now, I mean, who's going to take him? I mean, maybe a rebuilding team or a, a, a bad team that has veterans, like a, like a Houston Rockets. Maybe you can get like a. I mean, you probably can't get Eric Gordon for for Kobe White, but um, there's just not a lot of market out there for Kobe White. So I just don't know what you guys are expecting here. Um, but again, if you're joining us here, it's the sports ethos, Bulls, Chicago, uh, Chicago Bulls coverage listeners. Please take a moment to follow at ethos, fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant fa- basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. again. That's at ethos BK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Uh, so I got to get that plug in there, but um But yeah, uh, some some observations here from the first quarter. Uh, You know, again, going to pick out Kobe White here, but about 5.45 left in the first quarter. I just noticed that, you know, Kobe White just had – he had multiple bad turnovers in this game. Just no ball security. Uh, This has been a problem with Kobe White. This is why he couldn't be our point guard of the future. This is why he can't be a studying point guard in the NBA. Um, the guy just has a hard time hanging onto the rock and handling any kind of defensive pressure. So it's a situation where, um, it's just not great. And, 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 you know, he's not giving us a whole lot, um, out of that point guard position. You know, I, I read, he, he you know, just read you the start, stat line. He had one assist to two turnovers. So that's not necessarily the best thing in the world from your starting point guard. Um, Vooch, I was looking at Booch man. Booch, uh, I was really excited to see what he would do here because obviously the Pacers have two big men in Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis who just lighted up. I mean, those guys can do pretty much anything a starting center on any NBA team can do. And uh, you know, they're both uh, on the verge of elite, I would say. Neither of them is elite by themselves, but Miles Turner is interesting. He has the elite, um, shot blocking ability to, Sabonis has the elite passing and scoring ability, I would say. So if you kind of combine those two, and I know this has been said before, it's not necessarily the most groundbreaking thing in the world, but if you combine those two, you kind of have like the most legit elite starting center uh, in the league. But obviously you can't do that. That's not like real life. So uh, separate, they're, they're just okay. They're kind of verge. Um, but I was wondering how Luch would do against these guys. You know, they're, they're big, uh, the Pacers are. So, uh, you know, he looked great. Vooch had a fantastic game. If he can play, and just he had a great game last game, too. So if he can play like this consistently, the Bulls are going to be a real problem in the Eastern Conference. Mark my words, jot it down, do whatever you have to do. Uh, I've been saying it, and so has Trey, my, my, my co host, from the beginning. Um, the Bulls are here, man. They're they're here to stay. They're one and a half games behind first place after this win tonight. Uh, at a twenty and ten record, you know they've won twice as many games as they lost as they then they've lost. They've won two thirds of their games. The Brooklyn Nets are ahead at twenty two and nine. I don't know if that sticks. I don't know if the Bulls can leapfrog them and, and maybe get in first. Uh, the Bucks are are just two games back. They're a half game behind the Bulls. So uh, I do think the Bucks probably end up above the Bulls in those standings. I think, um, you know, we've been saying it all year uh, since the preseason. 45 to 47 wins is the realistic, uh, you know, goal here for the Bulls team, for our Bulls, I think. And uh, if they end up better than that, so be it. That's awesome. I mean, I'll take it. Obviously, if they end up worse than that, that's a huge disappointment. That's a failure. But I, it's not. That's not going to happen at this point. I have this like great lead here, unless something terrible happens. You know, multiple injuries or something like that. It's just not going to happen. Um, so the Bulls are are, are just you know, cruising along. I, I and the Heat. I have to give the Heat some props too. They're two and a half games back from first, and and the Cavaliers three games uh, back from first from from the Brooklyn Nets. Both of those teams deserve a lot of credit, especially the Heat, just dealing with all of the COVID. Um, People that are out with that with the health and safety protocols, they're still just chugging along. So, um, you know, the Bulls are in the mix there. Um, I do think they end up above the Heat. I do think that they end up below the Bucks, probably below the Nets. I don't know. I just don't. Some part of me just doesn't believe in the Nets, especially now that Durant's in the health and safety protocol and um, you know Kyrie still he's on away games now. And there's just so much drama there, though. It's like he's playing in away games, but he's not going to play in home games. It's just. It's a sticky situation that I just don't think is uh, going to be easy for them to navigate. I do still think that they are a team that's going to win more games in the Rigo season. I don't want to say a better team because I think in a seven-game series now, after I've watched some some of this basketball, that the Bulls could take the Nets in a seven-game series. I mean, does that – I don't know. I have nobody to bounce it off of here. It's just me, but I don't think that sounds crazy. I don't think that is a you know, controversial take. I don't think that's something that people are going to argue with. I think the Bulls can take him. Uh, So, I guess we shall see if that does happen. Uh, Some other observations, though. Obviously, yeah, like I said, Vuce was looking great. He was 4 for 5 from the floor at one point uh, in that first quarter. That Zach dunk, Zach Levine dunk, with 4.30 left in the first, was just jaw-dropping. This guy just came back, you know, from 11, 12 days out, whatever it was, and put on a show, man. This guy shot incredibly. He took... The best shots on the floor. Um, I don't think anyone realistically in Bulls Twitterverse or in Bulls fandom was saying, hey, the Bulls might be a better team or a legit team without Zach Levine. But if they were, this would put that to bed, right? This is just like, this guy just like he went out there and, and played a flawless game. I mean, there was really nothing in his game that I could point to and say, Oh man, I wish he would have done this differently. He did have four turnovers. Um, obviously you need to limit those. Um, maybe somebody who's a nitpicker picker could go out there and say, Oh man, you know, he shouldn't have, sh- shouldn't have turned the ball over four times, but 33 minutes, 12 of 18 from the field, five of nine from the end, the arc five assists, 32 points. Um, Five assists to the, those four turnovers. I, 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 there, there's nothing. There, it's a flawless game. That, that's a Zach Levine game. It's a gem. It's a gem in fantasy. It's a gem in anything. And speaking of fantasy, guys, uh, we have a brand-new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night, score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And speaking of DFS guys, I am one of those guys, and uh, yeah, I I was all over, uh, Vucevic having 11 or more rebounds tonight, which was at plus 100 odds, and he crushed that. Um, he ended up with uh, what 15, I think it was, or 16, 15 boards. 15 boards. I also had DeRozan at three assists. He ended up at three assists exactly. Uh, Javante Green four rebounds. He ended up with four rebounds exactly. So um, yeah, if you play some uh, some prop bets, guys, uh, and need some some advice, some help, go get the DFS pass or the uh, wager pass here from Sports Ethos. It's excellent. It's great value. Go sign up for it. You can get access to to excellent pros like myself and some others over there at Sports Ethos who can help you out. Um, but, yeah, continuing with this Bulls here in the first quarter, um, I was curious to see what the resolutions would, would look like with so many people off, uh, you know, out with the health and safety protocols. I mean, we still have a bunch of bodies out. I haven't counted them. Recently, but uh, it's got to be a, like a half dozen. But uh, obviously, we had Io to we move off the bench first, and then uh, Troy Brown Jr. came off after that. And then Matt Thomas got some run. And with six eleven left in the second, you know, Matt Thomas had a, a, a you know an off balance three that really kind of made me get up off my seat. Put put the Bulls up fourteen. Detroit had, or uh, I'm sorry, not Detroit. Uh, uh, the Pacers had to take a timeout there, and uh, you know, it, it, it felt like a moment where like. It, You know the Bulls were really just in control. I mean, the game could slip at any moment, but uh, it was nice. He had some positive minutes out there. uh, Matt Thomas did, and you know I like to see it as a shooter. Uh, He was one for two from beyond the arc. He was in 19 minutes. I mean, he didn't do a whole ton. He had two assists, no turnovers. He did what he had to do. Three rebounds. He he did what he had to do. He did what was required of him on the floor at the time with you know three other scores around him in Jusovic, in Levine, in DeMar DeRozan. Um, our three jobs, our three big dogs, just just did their jobs, guys. In the first half, the whole first half, the bull shot sixty three point four percent in the first half. Everything else, um, when it comes to turnovers, uh, rebounds, offensive rebounds, in that first half, it was pretty much neck and neck. But the shooting was just off the charts, and that shooting wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a product of of being lucky. It was a product of being in the right place at the right time, getting the right shot. A little bit of a product of the of the Pacers being a little bit like a baseball on the defensive end. Um, so you know we went to the half just just very confident like the Bulls were going to win this one. It was pretty much um, I wouldn't say decided to half, but it was very well in hand at that point. Then they came out in the second half, and they looked a bit flat. The third quarter started a bit sloppy. They were just sloppy with the basketball. They ended up with having about uh, Eleven turnovers to seven turnovers at some point in that third quarter, uh, when it was pretty much like seven to six, eight to seven, something like that at halftime. So, so they ended up with you know several more turnovers than the Pacers did in that third quarter, and uh, Pacers made a little bit of a run. They cut it to like 10-11. and it was hard to. Uh, it wasn't hard to watch. It, it, it was just it looked like the Pacers might put together a run, and the Bulls had to. Pretty much put that put that to bed, right? They had a nip in the bud. Uh, and they did. They came out in the fourth quarter. They put him away. DeMar DeRozan really seemed like he took Torrey Craig's defense personal. He showed a bunch of emotion and hit hit a big jumper, uh, made a red jumper in that fourth. Um, most of the Pacers' runs came off of bad possessions and, and then baskets in transition, so we can't have that happening, you know, quite a bit. Um... But that's where most of the Pacers' runs came from. It wasn't necessarily that they were like breaking us down offensively or that they were playing great defense. It was just us being sloppy with basketball and them just making runs. They cut it to seven with like a couple minutes left, so they cut it pretty, pretty close in, le- in the third and fourth quarter. But it never really got closed so close that it had me like on the edge of the sheet, seat. So uh, that was good. Uh, you know, after after Christmas, that was really good. It was good to have a a Bulls game that was also equal to that challenge. Uh, But it was great to see Zach Levin back in action, man. He had a big, big fourth. I think he had, I want to say he had 13 points in the fourth. Um, Let me see if I can filter this here by just the fourth quarter. I'm not too sure if I can. I don't think I can. But he had definitely uh, had at least 11, I think at least 13, uh, maybe even 15 points in in that fourth quarter. Oh, yes, I can. Hold on. I can tell you. One moment, please. Twelve points. He had twelve points in the fourth quarter, five of six shooting. Derozan only had six points, but they were all timely baskets from both of those guys. I mean, those guys just shut down runs. You know, it, it's it, it it. seems like um, people are talking out of line when they say stuff like that, where it's like a timely basket or a one basket means more than something else. But it is a very mental game at the end of the in the end of the day, and when a team is going on a run or a team is starting to deflate you and feel like, feels like they're coming back, they're making a run. They are, uh, they have you figure it out, right? It's like, okay, they can score score on you at will, or or they can play defense on you and create turnovers at will. It is so, so, so important for you to have somebody on your team that can make a bucket. And that on the bulls is two guys. It's, It's two guys, at least two guys. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Those guys combined for 18 points of the 26 that we had in the fourth quarter. And shot the ball pretty well. DeRozan, two for seven, so not necessarily that well. But Zach Levine was five for six, so if you combine those two, it's, what, seven for 13. Uh, over 50%. I mean, you can't beat that. That is elite level in the NBA. That Those closers are – that it, it's huge. I can't believe, you know – We we watched this team without Zach Levine, and it was fine. We tried to water with DeMar DeRozan, and and all was good. But with those two guys, guys, this team is dangerous. This team can hang with anybody, anybody. Uh, Vooch had three fouls. It's interesting right since I'm looking at it. Three fouls, two assists, four rebounds, uh, no points in the fourth quarter. No points. Something I'd like to maybe see a little bit different. Uh, Kobe White, of course, zero for one, two fouls. One turnover. Uh, yeah, it, just not, not a great night for Kobe. I, I, I would love for him to have you know a string of of ten or fifteen games were not even it, it, just ten games. Give me ten games of solid basketball, Kobe, so that we can trade your ass. I mean, what else can I say? I, mean, I would love to do something else with Kobe. I do love Kobe. I love him as a person. Uh, I think he had some really big offensive games for us when we we needed that, and I think he can provide that to a team, but I need to see it more. I need to see it now uh, before we go shopping for, for what we can get for him. Um, Javante Green. Let me talk about Javante Green for a minute here. Javante Green had a fantastic game. He just worked off the ball. Um, Vooch. Found him on a couple of really great cuts. Got um, three or four dunks at least. I don't know how many dunks exactly, but he was getting easy buckets at the rim. Uh, it's interesting to, to note that, and then looking across the way on the Indiana Pacers and seeing a guy like Justin Holiday. And I'm not comparing the two. Justin Holiday and Javante Green are very dissimilar players. They don't play. I mean, you know, Justin Holiday is more likely to shoot a three or take a fadeaway jumper then dunk the basketball or work the baseline or get an offensive rebound so they they, they don't occupy this occupy the same space in a basketball sense but in a roster construction sense it, they're kind of the same player i mean they're they're, they're a little bit the same because um, the money they make and obviously the role that they play it's like kind of an outsized role for what compared to what they would play on any other team uh, which is kind of strange to say but basically what i'm saying is for me personally I was kind of comparing the two and just kind of looking at like Justin holiday who played good basketball for the bulls while he was here um, and not necessarily winning basketball. And then I'm looking at Javante green who also plays decent, good basketball for the Chicago bulls and it is winning basketball, but they're just, they're role players. They're doing what they are asked to do. They're, they're, they're coming and playing a role. I feel like when Justin holiday was here, he was asked to do more than that. And that's just not who he is as a player. Uh, so, uh, just, just great that we can see a guy like Javante Green on our team having meaningful minutes. I mean, what he play tonight, 30 plus minutes. I'm sure. Let me see. Um, I know he wasn't playing a lot fourth, which is kind of disappointing. Um, but let me see for the entire game. He had, um, uh, more minutes, uh, 35. No, it's wrong guy. 28 minutes. So 28 minutes, meaningful basketball. Minutes 13 points, four rebounds, one assist, uh, four of four shooting, one of one from beyond the arc, four of four from the free throw line. Perfect uh, from the field, which you can't ask for every single game, but he did what he had to do. Um, and again, working that baseline, working the boards, he didn't grab any offensive reborn site, which is which is a little bit surprising. I don't think there were many to be had though, uh, as the Bulls shot. 56.6% from the field. So there just, just weren't a lot of rebounds to be had. Um, speaking of rebounds, let's see. 45 rebounds for the Pacers. 40 rebounds for the Bulls. So they held their own. Did just fine. Um, assists: 23 for the Pacers. 17 for the Bulls, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, turnovers, 9 for the Pacers and 15 for the Bulls. So, yeah, again, just, just sloppy basketball in periods, uh, especially with, with uh, Kobe White in, which is really unfortunate to say. But uh, it's true. So, outside of the outside of the turnovers, um, Bulls just pretty much downmade this game. Uh, they end up winning. Um, I do have a couple of interesting points here. Uh, Zach Levine, uh, great night for him, obviously. So you know we're high in him right now. So this is a little bit unfair to my friend. But I did have a friend message me early in the day and tell me that he thinks Trey Young. Deserves to be in the All-Star game above Zach Levine. Uh, and his reasoning was, and I'm going to give his reasoning as best as I can. I'd love to have him on the show to, to discuss his reasoning himself. Maybe he'll come out. I can ask him. But his reasoning was that Trey Young has to carry the team by himself. And Zach Levine doesn't. Um, to which my response was, you know, hey, well, maybe that's true. But the Hawks are sitting on a 15-17 and 17 record. So they're two games below 500. So Trey Young's carrying them to a sub-500 record. (laughs) I mean, I know he's out right now with the health and safety protocols, but I just think that's crazy to think. uh, It's not crazy. I I mean, I I respect Trey's game. I think Trey's a good player. Um, This season, though, in the way that these awards work, I just don't see how Trey Young deserves it more than Zach Levine. I disagree there. Um, I also think, though, on the other hand, and like I said to him, I don't want to be rude or or be inconsistent here. As I said to him, I think these are more popularity awards than anything else. I think that there isn't a lot of weight behind these awards. There's no clear credentials, right? It's just kind of like, hey, I like the way this guy's playing really good basketball versus this guy playing really good basketball. And a guy can play good basketball on a bad team. There's no doubt about that. Um we talked a little bit about DeMar DeRozan. If DeMar DeRozan doesn't make it on a on an all-star team, I there there needs to be riots or something. I, I don't know what has to happen, but that's just insane. <laughs> There's no reason that DeMar DeRozan shouldn't be on the All-Star team this year. So if you uh voting opened, I think, uh yesterday or two days ago. Again, not something I'm super into, but uh, yeah, go to our, go vote for DeMar DeRozan. Vote for Zach Levine, don't vote for Zach Levine. Uh, do do whatever's on your conscience. I don't I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me. Um but some guys you just know. And for me, the guy that I just know on the Bulls is DeMar DeRozan. I mean he's top five in the MVP conversation finally. After we talked about it last show some of the other uh you know major outlets and talking heads picked up on it and now he's suddenly you know in the top five in MVP voting. So this is a guy that, that needs recognition. So go go give him some Give them some love on that all-star voting. I'm sure the uh, Bulls would appreciate it. Um, the Bulls, and just watching them this season, uh, just from a general standpoint, they're just a step above their competition. Uh, basically, a nightly basis. there are off nights. There are always off nights. There are nights. Uh, and and casual fans and people that just watch, tune into the games, don't really pay attention, might, might, might not catch us, but there are times – especially when you're traveling from one arena to another and there's a long travel and there's not a lot of time in between games or you don't have a lot of rest, where you put up a stinker. And that happens to every single team, even the best teams in the league. And there are times even when you have rest and you have plenty of time and, and you have you know plenty of time to practice and, and game plan, where you still put up a stinker. You can't put the ball in the hoop, or, or whatever it is. It's just—it's just something that happens in the game of basketball. And I'm not saying the Bulls are immune to that. The Bulls definitely do that. It happens, just like it happens to any other team. But on, in general, like I would say, eighty percent, seventy to eighty percent of the basketball games that I watch for the Bulls, the Bulls are just have a competitive advantage. And that's new. That is new for Chicago Bulls fans, especially Bulls fans who saw the post-Jordan era Chicago Bulls with the Andrew, with the Andrew Langs and the the Elton Brands and and the Khalid Elamines and the and the Corey Benjamins. I mean, you know, the, these guys struggled to stay in basketball games. And then we had the era of the Derrick Rose Bulls, where We were dominant, but there were also stinker nights. But that was probably the last time we really saw this kind of basketball where it's like these guys are just on another level. And then Derek Torres ACL. And then it was always, uh, in my case at least, I always felt like, oh, you feel bad because you know what you're missing. You know, I, I know we've talked about on this sh- on this show. talked about that on this show a few times, but you know what you're missing because you know you're missing good basketball, and that makes it even worse. It makes it, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's not the right saying, but but it, it just makes it feel worse. And so it's been a while since you know the Bulls fans could really watch games and, and say, oh, clearly we have the advantage here. We're, going, we're, we're supposed to win this basketball game. And so it's just so refreshing to see that. Bulls fans are going to naturally be frustrated with Kobe White here. Um, he was kind of the scapegoat if the Bulls would have lost because he just really didn't have a great game. And I can't really defend him. I can't really defend him. Um, But that's the one negative thing from this game. is really just, just, just Kobe White didn't have a fantastic basketball game. Other than that, everything was golden. And it went according to plan And I'm sure Billy Donovan Wherever he's game planning from In a hotel somewhere or maybe back home Hopefully he's home with his family I'm not sure um, But I hope he he enjoyed it and, and, and he saw everything that he wanted to have done Done But uh, no, I, a couple other thoughts One more thought before we leave here uh, I did want to talk about Alfonso McKinney McKinney, Who just signed A standard the contract Today with the Chicago Bulls, well-earned, uh, day after Christmas, great Christmas present for him. Bulls waived Alize uh, uh, Johnson. And uh, you know, Alfonso McKinney just fits so much better. This is this is the guy, you know, he's he's kind of the archetype of the guy that I've been talking about, where he's kind of a 3-and-D guy. He can hit the open jumper. He can play defense. He can crash the boards. He's, you know, a, another Javante Green, another Derrick Jones Jr., And and I see my uh, co-host Trey's uh, thoughts on this where he says, you know, hey, we're loading up on these guys. They're all kind of the same guys. But I think Alvonzo McKinney does fit that mold. I think he fits better than what we need with with, um, Elysia Johnson. If anything, this validates me in saying that this is what the Bulls are looking for, looking for this archetype of fella to fill this role. And, you know, if that is the case, then, um, you know, I'm curious to see what they're going to look for at the trade deadline. I am worried. I don't know about worried, but I'm a little curious to see if they, if since they did sign Alphonso McKinney, if they're going to keep looking for another guy in that mold, or if they're going to look more like my, my coach Trey says for like a big body, which, um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I think uh, the other secret in the, in the room here is that Tony Bradlin Bradley, Bradley, Bradley hasn't been the best player. Uh, he hasn't been a fantastic backup. He hasn't. He hasn't been good. I mean, let, let, let's cut the mustard, right? He, he, it's just there, there's not much good about Tony Bradley. So I'm curious to see if my coast is right. If that my coast will be right. If the Bulls think that Alfonso McKinney can be that three D guy that they've been looking for, and then they might go out and sign a true backup center. That's going to be much better than Tony Bradley. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think it's possible. Like Maybe the Sixers aren't enamored with Andre Drummond. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets don't want to hang on to DeAndre Jordan. And these guys aren't great. I'm not super big fans of them, but if they are backup guys playing 10 to 15 minutes a night, that's a different story it's not, you know, you're not relying on these guys to destroy the world. They're not, they're not world crushers. These guys are guys that come in and do their job, rebound the ball, block the basketball better than Tony Bradley. Can those two guys do that? I mean, if uh, if you're saying no, then, then maybe, maybe you're right. I would say, give them a chance. That's my, that's my thought. Uh, anyway, so if they don't go after a guy like that, um, if they do end up going after a guy like that, one thing I saw tonight that I would just love to—I uh, wish I had my co-host on here again to talk to it about it, talk about it with him. But um, Torrey Craig, a, a guy I brought up a few times in our trade discussions, a guy that I think would fit the Bulls and be great. Look at his defense on DeMar DeRozan tonight, and obviously the Pacers lost, but he gave DeMar DeRozan plenty of troubles. I'm trying to pull up his uh, numbers here in the second half. Um, DeMar DeRozan did not shoot the ball on the second half, I don't believe. 5 for 14. 5 for 14. 36%. He did score 15 points. That was Tory Craig. That's the Tory Craig effect. And This is why I'm, I'm, I'm after a guy like this, like a Robert Covington, but I think Tory Craig is probably a budget guy that's just as good, if not better. Than Robert Covington. It makes less money. So so it, it you know. These are the kind of guys I'm looking for the, the Bulls to pick up. And if they don't, if they think that they have that in Afonso Bikini, which is fine. I, I love Afonso Bikini. I think he's done a fantastic job. Then I think that uh I think that they look for a a, a center type, a big guy, which is what my co-host has been talking about. So we'll maybe maybe we'll judge up some guys there to uh talk about our next podcast but guys quickly before we sign off we want to also remind you all to use coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping and also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well and uh, yeah I know it's a hoopball is a little weird uh for the um Uh, promo codes used to be hoop ball we are not sports ethos but it is hoop ball for those promo codes so go check it out have fun enjoy but yeah big bulls victory tonight i am excited i'm happy i can't wait for the next one tomorrow tomorrow we are in uh where are we in we are in uh somewhere somewhere not here uh in atlanta in atlanta at 7:30 Eastern against the Hawks, uh, the 15-17 Hawks. I just brought up Trey Young versus Zach Levine. That's going to be exciting. I didn't even actually know that they were playing them tomorrow, but that uh, that makes that discussion with my friend all the more exciting. I'm curious to see how both of those guys play tomorrow, and if the Bulls can p- pull out another victory against a Hawks team on a back-to-back. But that's going to do it for us here at Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls. I am Keith Cork, your host. You can find me on Twitter at at BSBP Keith. And you can find my co-host Trey at @final_finally. final finally. And, guys, please, 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 go follow the show at Ethos Bulls on Twitter at Ethos Bulls. And leave us a review, please. Leave us a review and tell us we're awesome. Plus, we suck. It doesn't matter. Leave us five stars. All right. Thanks. I'm Keith.